0: You know, just the other night, Brendan Johnson, the new mayor of Chicago, spread his arms wide and in a progressive embrace, kind of reminding me of how the Mensheviks were embraced by the Bolsheviks until after their skulls were found littering the ground. Mr. Johnson said he was going to love everyone, those who didn't vote for him and others who voted for him, and particularly those who didn't vote. And he was going to love them. And that's one way to go about it. Another way to go about it is to suggest that when the Bolsheviks or the hard left took over the city government and with serious bills to pay, billions of dollars of bills to pay, it was the night Chicago died. Because take the Bolshevik thing out of it, take the hard left thing out of it. Whether your politics are hard left and whether you wrap yourself around Tony Preckwinkle and Kim Fox, you have to pay the bills. If you don't pay the bills, there's pensions, municipal pensions at stake. Pay pay the bills for firefighters. We just had two firefighters hurt just a few minutes ago. That won't work. You can't, Rhetoric won't pay the bills. You have to either raise taxes or cut. And if you cut, you're not going to make people happy. Especially those in the new Chicago who've been taught that you don't cut anything and you spend everything and there's more to spend and it never ends. You spend and spend and the teachers union and SEIU and other public unions run the city now because the old machine is dead. The old Democratic Party is dead. And this is the new Democratic Party, the public unions. This is what Roosevelt, yes, Franklin Roosevelt and Richard Daley and other people, Richard J. Daley, the real mayor, and others responsible, uh, warned us about. But nobody listened. And here's the Midwest leading us in this circle. It's not the circle of life. It's not kuna Matata. It's a circle around the drain. Because I believe that when people assess what happened with Johnson and the CTU and the SEIU electing him, and the young people getting up all excited as a transformational figure, Somebody's going to figure out, you know, yeah, the, the rhetoric is fine, but we how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to pay the bills, mom and dad? <laughs> I'm just going to look at it from afar and enjoy it. Enjoy the show. Joining us today is somebody who should know all about that, Ray Lopez, Alderman of the 15th Ward, Southwest Side. He knows what, what's going on with crime and with Kim Fox and Tony Preckwinkle. And Jeff Carlin is here. Again, Jeff is watching uh, the disaster as it unfolds. Nothing like being eyewitness to history, right, Jeff? And I'm John Cass, husband, father, executive editor. Like the fancy title? Of johncassnews.com. And I do hope you uh, show up and subscribe, especially in a city with broken media and look at what the Tribune and Sun Times have become. You need somebody to offer some perspective, some common sense perspective, and I think you need it. I think we do need it, and you're on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN Plus.
1: So this is a guy who lives high on the hog, and he has this Tammany Hall style attitude to power, and um, it is it's the Chicago way. Absolutely, so the the Chicago way is a deep cultural. Phenomenon.
0: It's the Chicago Way.
1: The Chicago Way. That's the focus. In
0: a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso the tower by the river castle here's how you get him he pulls a knife you pull a gun
2: he sends one of yours to the hospital you send one of his to the morgue that's the chicago way
0: as promised we have on the chicago way the post-election podcast the death and destruction of the city of chicago Ray Lopez, alderman of the 15th Ward, is joining Jeff Carlin and I. Ray, did Chicago die the other night as uh, Brandon Johnson and the Bolsheviks won election?
2: I don't know if I'm ready to write off the city of Chicago just yet, John. And first off, good morning to you and Jeff both. But I will say this, the this notion of the Chicago machine, I think, The fabled Chicago machine, definitely, if it didn't die, it evolved into the CTU socialist machine, which we saw yesterday on election day. Um, The old way of thinking and operating campaigns just doesn't work anymore. And it failed to get Paul Vallis elected. It helped propel Brandon Johnson from being a 20 percent candidate to a 53 percent candidate And I think now we're going to have to see just how strong a set of cojones, the common sense caucus aldermen soon to be named have in standing up to Brandon and his socialist comrades. How many of these aldermen are there? Because I was talking about this
0: with uh, my cousin, Johnny, who was a Johnny a lawyer who was like big time interested in politics. And, before we thought, when we thought that Bellis was going to pull it off, we were thinking how John was saying how many, uh, how many people from the uh, the caucus, how many aldermen on the hard liberal side would would stand up and oppose a mayor Bellis, kind of like the old Verdoliat twenty nine. But now we're seeing maybe on the other side, especially with their friends in the media, that those who uh, oppose Mayor Brandon will be condemned as uh, what? Racist. Racist. Right. right.
2: I mean, just call it for what it is, unfortunately. And I think that you're going to, you know, Chicago over the last 30 plus years uh, since Richard M. on down has basically been divided by Black Caucus, Latino Caucus, and unaffiliated white members. Um, and I think you're going to see that devolve a little bit, and you're already seeing that happen in the Latino Caucus, where it's going to have, you know, two members who are, or two or two members who are more mainstream, common sense type, and then the rest are going to be the Latino Socialist Caucus. Um, and, and they are gonna be left of left, even in the progressive caucus. <laughs> like Sigio, Byron, Sigio, whatever his name is. Sigio, no. what, what's his name? Byron, Carlos, Rosanna, Andre, you know, Mike Rodriguez, the whole lot of them. I mean, that's a majority of the members.
0: They're the reason why I left Chicago when I was down there on Mar- in Bernie Bro land on Montrose, right in the heart of it, and I just had to leave. I had to go.
2: And that's not counting the ones that are incoming, because there are a number <laughs> of incoming socialist members who are Latino. You have a number of incoming socialists who are going to be a part of the Black Caucus. How are you going to manage those folks as a mayor when they are now 20% of your body that you need to pass laws and affect the changes that you want? And let's not forget too, John, that my colleagues in a, in a Bizarre showing of wanting to be independent, you know, in order to keep their current chairmanships elevated a number of the current socialists to chairman positions to create a, a, a coalition that's waiting to take the, 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 the helm in May. So you have individuals like Carlos Ramirez Rosa, the number one communist in Chicago, who's now going to be in charge of housing. So you can guarantee he's going to be pushing rent control, cash for keys, you know, just cause, uh, a head tax on hotels and motels to pay for homeless shelters, as well as a whole host of other super left policies that we've seen fail in other cities are going to be coming out of his committee straight to the city council floor. And what will Mayor Brandon Johnson say then? No. What about
0: the uh, the economic health of the uh, city of Chicago run by Bolsheviks when it's uh, basically bankrupt? What is going to happen? How can they raise the money? How can they do what they have to do?
2: Well, you're saying pay the bills to the guy who was on a payment plan. <laughs> He's not worried about paying the bills. He's just worried about creating the programs to make it happen. And I think that we're going to see just how far this new independent coalition is willing to go. You know, they went along with Lori Lightfoot for 48 years of nonstop property tax increases. Wait until Brendan Johnson shows up and says, I need $800 million more. I want to tax businesses more. I want to tax rent uh, landlords more. I want to tax your water bills more. I want to tax your fines and fees more based not on what you do, but on your ability to pay. Wait till that starts rolling out and we'll see what we're going to get in the city of Chicago.
0: The, the your ability to pay. So, in other words, if you're making, if you're rich, like the the leftists say, and you're making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, which to them is rich. Well, that can't be true, John, because Brennan Johnson was
1: a working class man who couldn't wait to be on a plan, and he's making <laughs> two hundred thousand. So,
2: to that must be middle class, right? I mean, that's like lower middle class, I guess. Hey, every
0: everybody who can hear me, and Ray, of of course, and and Jeff, of course. I'm looking out at storm-crossed uh, Northwest Indiana, where there are thousands upon thousands of homes being built. I wonder why, Ray. I wonder why, <laughs> Jen. Why are all these homes being built within easy driving distance of metropolitan Chicago? What is going on with this real
2: estate? You know, a 10-minute, addition, additional 10 minutes to your morning commute that saves you 30% off your income tax and sale tax and every other tax you can think of right. probably is worth it. And I think that's one of the biggest concerns that I know I, business uh, entrepreneurs, many people fear is that, you know, this mindset that you could just keep that you could squeeze the orange indefinitely. And you'll always have juice coming out of it right. is their economic plan. At some point the pulp runs dry and you need a bigger orange And the only way you get a bigger orange is by growing them. And Chicago needs to grow its economy, as you know. We need to be a place where families want to come, where they feel that their kids can get educated, where they can find jobs in their communities, where they can feel safe walking down the street. And that's not what they're promising. They're just promising more of other people's money into your bank account by taxing everybody. And when all the people who can pay taxes leave, what are we going to be left with?
0: Well, families, what what are you guys talking about, families? This is the politics of the left that supports things like, well, Drag Queen's uh, Story Hour. And I don't know how many families uh, support that sort of thing, particularly in Chicago, a Catholic town. I don't see how that's going to fly. But I don't also see Brandon Johnson or the hard left uh, run by Tony Preckwinkle condemning it or or stopping it because it, they won't and so it continues the 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 the, the circ, circle of life is now the circle of around the toilet
2: well john i don't know how much i would i would blame the decline of family values on drag queens because i don't know too many people that do and i know plenty of drag queens obviously being a part of the lgbt community right. what i do know is this when you talk you know i became notorious a few years ago when i dropped the f-bomb with the mayor (laughs) i'm now notorious when i dropped the new f-bomb families and when i say families need to be held accountable for their children you know that's where we need to start i think the left likes to use even the drag queen the drag you know whether it's drag reading or whatever you know they like to use that as a foil to avoid any conversation about the fact that families are sharing no responsibility for the children they create. And every time that we try to pass laws or introduce changes that hold parents accountable for the little Adam Toledo's running around, everyone has a, a conniption and says it's a racist stereo well, misogynistic propaganda we're pushing. Well, if you're denying people <laughs> benefits
0: based on their behavior, you are aren't you being racist? I mean, should those children uh should the Should the gangbanger families be denied uh, benefits that we pay for? I think that many, many people in Chicago who uh, are, see themselves as common sense people, including my caregiver, Renee, uh, want to see, and my wife, Betty, want to see families held accountable for the behavior of their children. I don't, but I don't see any political uh, will to do that.
2: No, I think it's what you see are people who are afraid to stand up and be counted when it comes to that. I think you see particularly in minority neighborhoods, you know, African-American and Latino aldermen terrified of telling their families that they are failing with the children they are raising. I mean, look at how many aldermen have stood up with me to say parents raising gangbangers should be held accountable. I can count on one hand, uh, how many have stood up with me out of 50 rather than say what is true, that bad parents raise bad children?
0: Jeff, I often mention this when we, Ray is here mm-hmm. with us, and I, and I do it for a reason. I saw Ray Lopez, Alderman Ray Lopez, stand up when gangbangers were using long guns. That means they can shoot you from across the street or from the alley, from the gangway across the street. And kill you, and Ray Lopez was confronting them. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing around here? And and shaming them. It was probably one of the gutsiest uh, performances I've ever seen. Of course, I don't think the so, the Tribune or the Sun Times uh, carried carried through in praise because I think they're ra- they're rather interested more in protecting the socialist. Uh, Politics of the city and Ray doesn't protect that. But I remember, Ray, what you did on that summer in in that neighborhood. And still do. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: How many aldermen, people, whatever, have have bricks thrown through their windows and at their houses? And, you know, only the ones who were, I think, are doing the right thing, unfortunately, in this city. Um, You know, one of the things that that I might take away from this crazy race was the, the quick turn in a heel of Brandon Johnson being like, I'm going to work with everybody. I'm going to bring everybody together, even though he spent the last <laughs> year uh, admonishing and demonizing anybody who dares stand up or stand with someone else. And, but I think the scariest part is that it was such a, an even split in those who, who were bothered to vote that you know, how is anything going to get done that isn't going to be just full of vitriol? I mean, it. The the one side was working on the premise of "Here's what I think I can do to fix the city and get the fifth city on the right foot," and the other side was working on "If you don't follow us, you're an a-hole and you're the devil and you're a racist." And the other guy's a devil and a racist, and so I'm the obvious choice—the blue-eyed devil, right? And and you know, even down to the last few days when you know Brandon Johnson is telling this this is black working class versus the white oppressors, essentially. You know, that's what his his model was what do you see the the council becoming i mean I can't imagine working in that kind of that that atmosphere where ten years ago we thought you know the progressive caucus was was building steam and growing and and becoming more proficient at what they were doing now they've blown past just progressive it's just like you said it's just completely you know socialist and, and far left wing. How do you see that going
2: We are entering the era of performative politics. In the city of chicago you know we have seen this trans this transformation in washington where legislators go there and just wax nostalgic and talk out both ends and don't really accomplish much and everything's just a continuation <laughs> of the status quo just so mm. they can elevate and go on tv or hold press conferences but they don't actually do anything and that's where i think that city council is going to wind up Heading. If we allow this to go unchecked, we used to be a body that was congenial, that would um, work together, that treated each other, even though you may have disagreed or been different ethnicities, different side of towns, whether you're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan, um, no Packers fans, thank God, you know, oh. you were still able to work together. And we're now entering a chapter, a new chapter in politics where it's personal it's vindictive and it's mean. and you're you're right Jeff. how do you work with people when you are all like the roman senate treating everyone everyone like they're julius caesar you're not just trying to get the mayor now you're trying to get each other simultaneously and score points while not delivering or doing anything but you're just trying to, to spin your narrative for the most amount of likes on social media.
0: stabbed in the back for everyone.
2: Everyone gets stabbed in the back. Right? Yep. And it, it's not going to be easy. Chicago is going to lose out. The people are going to lose out if we allow that to continue uh, and to become the norm. I think we have to fight that being the norm. But again, it depends on who's willing to stand up and be counted when it comes to telling Mayor-elect Brendan Johnson and his partners at CTU, that the answer is going to be no. Are our aldermen who are bought and paid for by that union going to be able to do that? Our no. aldermen who are afraid of losing to because of who they will put up against them stand up? I mean, I said the other day, it's not easy being on an island when everyone else is part of the go-along, get-along game. We're just used to the go-along, get-along working for people. Now it's going to be working towards a narrative.
0: Uh. And so, so then let's have some practical considerations, okay, moving forward. Um, we have a, a deficit in the number of cops in the city of Chicago, a deficit in uh, arrests. 50% murders have gone gone up 50%, but arrests down. And we need more cops, but are we going to get them? Or are the cops going to just, I mean, my advice to every police officers leave that's my advice because if you stick around the politics of brendan johnson will mean that he'll he won't even even if he wanted to he won't be able to have the backs of police officers who are accused of racism when they're just doing their job so what happens to the city Ray?
2: No, I think John Zara, the president of the FOP, caught hell that uh, a couple weeks ago when he said there would be blood on the streets because of the exodus of officers who would leave under a Johnson administration. And everyone took it as if the police were going to be killing people. But that's not what he meant. And I think that answers the question that you raise is that police were already leaving under the Lightfoot administration because they don't feel valued, respected or supported. Even when they make mistakes, everything is treated as though it is a massive conspiracy. Right. Racial they are automatically at fault as if they're doing it intentionally because of their deep-seated racism, not just that human beings sometimes make mistakes and things happen and should be corrected. Right. Um and that's going to be exacerbated uh in their opinion, under the next administration. And we are seeing that continual uptick of not just retirees, but people who are foregoing a pension just to get the hell out of here. I don't believe that our new mayor's plan of just up uh, of putting in 200 new detectives is going to be sufficient because you're still going to be short. You're already short nearly 1,600 officers in this year's budget. And if another 500 or so leave like they did last year, on top of the 200 you're going to promote, that means we're going to be almost at 2,200 unfilled vacancies as he starts his administration, as as he ends his administration's first year. That's not a sustainable model. And to say that you're going to focus on treatment, not trauma, that you're going to hire EMTs and counselors (laughs) not based on their clinical or certified work, but based on their life experiences. Yeah, yeah. Who exactly are you putting on the streets to replace police officers? And what, what's going to happen the first time that that non qualified EMT or counselor gets shot in a domestic violence intervention or gang intervention and the police come and have to put shoot someone else. We're going to be right back to where we started and you're going to see how fast reality bites you in the ass.
0: Like uh, Ella French? I like call that.
1: Uh, all what what problems. good are a bunch of detectives if, if no one's keeping him in jail and no one, you know the, the prosecutors are good like
2: point hey, we don't have well, enough Jeff yeah. that's a great point and he and he was endorsed and most people I don't know if your listeners know this that Brendan Johnson was endorsed in the 11 and a half hour by Kim Fox.
1: <laughs> yeah. Talk about
0: putting her neck out.
2: Yeah, at, but on at, her, but on her but, private TikTok or Instagram right. so that nobody could see it except her friends.
0: Kim Kim Fox had to endorse her because Brendan Johnson's real job here, political job, is to as a blocker to protect Kim Fox and Tony Preckwinkle from Paul Vallis, who mm-hmm. would have who would have focused on crime and the lack of right. prosecutions and uh forcing the newspapers to even cover crime which they don't know well you're and, absolutely uh, right she, she had to stop it so that's what this was all about and talk about performative
1: i mean she had to endorse him but she didn't want it to become a thing so she waited until the last moment so it couldn't be used against him and that's you know there's a, a, a an account on twitter at I, I don't know who it is but they raised the question who do you think is going to be it's at, at atlas futurism but who's the going to be the big major corporation to leave first major rich corporation to leave town and the first answer was the police and that's the problem we're going to face here it's going to be an exodus and it's you know you, you talked about it earlier the, the things that people want to move into a city for are, you know schools and safety and economic ability and th- those three three things are not the top order of the day for brennan johnson and it's <laughs> i don't see How anything's going to get better, other than maybe we'll get some more bike lanes, and you know maybe we'll uh, get a couple more programs.
0: You might, you might get uh, more left wing columnists, (laughs) right, in the the city because don't we need that? I mean, don't you need (laughs) right left wing columnists to condemn um, moderate, middle of the road people and slap them into uh, into submission, right? Yeah, submission.
1: What are they going to be doing, though? I mean, what are they going to be covering? There's nothing to cover. They won. It's going to be, you know, this it's going to be this pivot from, you know, the underprivileged need to be, be raised up to. Oh, my God, what the hell happened? Where, where where'd the rug go that came out from under us? I mean, it's, it's going to be a disaster.
2: Well, you know, the interesting thing, guys, is that you're already seeing now the left and the left of left trying to cannibalize each other over policy over leadership, we saw that even in the last city council where you had people like Alderman Ramirez Rosa threatening his fellow progressive caucus members, three women as, you know, two women, as a matter of fact, uh, for daring to question their committee assignments. We've seen where Sophia King, who's the chairwoman of the progressive caucus, was basically attacked by all of her oh, left, yes. of left members yep. coming out for Paul Vallis, even though she has the right to endorse whomever right. she chooses. chooses. Wait, wait a
0: second, guys. Did I miss uh, Greg Pratt and uh, Greg Pratt from the Chicago Tribune? Did he not do a big takeout on Sophia King being attacked because she didn't fall in love with Tony Preckwinkle? So they attacked her? Did I, did I miss that uh journalistic exposé?
2: I think that's on the uh, draft edition for the next uh, left of left reporter
0: okay. coming in. That's why I'm, <laughs> you know what? I've got a new career. It's a media writer. I'll be the media writer. I will <laughs> I will write um about the media because I know them. I know every every rat hole that they hide in and I understand their bullshit and they're destroying the city. They destroyed you know, look, I I wasn't personally opposed to Mr. Johnson, but I really am opposed to treating him one way and Paul Vallas the other way. Yeah. And yes. they just they destroyed Paul, they they made him like he's a Republican psycho, he's he's a Republican, he's a fascist, you know, they mm-hmm. say all this stuff and uh it wasn't true. I mean, Paul I remember Paul, I called uh, when he was uh, with Don Clark Netch, the uh, liberal Democrat, I used to call her Whistler's mother, like uh, the the painting, you know, the, the the yaya in the rocking chair, and uh, and uh, Paul called me up and said, "Don't ever say that again." And he hang up to the phone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, yeah. but they made him sound. They made him sound like he was. I don't know, Pat Buchanan or something.
1: I know, and we've talked about it here. I mean, the the, the ideas and and the the gist of of Johnson trying to, you know, fix the ills that have been festering in the city for generations are great. I, I get it. You know, there's no there's no reason a, a country is, is you know well off as us can't do that. Can't raise up the lowest and the and the most poor off. But. that was not what the city needed that is not what the city needs and like you said john i mean this this vilification of anybody who dares disagree or or not put you that those prerogatives ahead of everything else uh, somehow like a fascist or or a racist or you know the worst of
0: the worst and it's just it baffles me. i want to turn this over back to uh back to our guest ray yes but once but before we do I just have to say, when the Chicago media turned over editorial control, seated editorial control, to George Soros and the hard-left Bolsheviks who were taking over the media and the prosecutor's office, uh, I knew that the media would die in Chicago because the people of Chicago are a little bit more common sense. But they don't have a media now. They don't have a voice And they're going to be run over.
2: Ray? Look, you can tell there's a bias. And I never really was a big promoter of media bias until I became a citywide candidate and can see how I was being reported on. I see it in how media does or does not invite you to their shows based on whatever they view you as ascribing to politically. You know, I'm constantly being dinged for being on Fox News and I'm sure after my uh interviews today I'll be dinged again by the left and the super left. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, if you are a politician who supports the free press and journalism, if a, if a journalist calls you, you answer. You answer and make yourself available, just like I'm doing now. Unless you're the mayor, but that's well, that, a different story. But but and then <laughs> but that's where the problem becomes, Jeff, because you've got one, you've got politicians who think they could ch- cherry pick and have gotten mm-hmm. used to cherry picking who they will talk to, who they can spoon feed and who will write the, write the release as opposed to doing any investigative, independent, fact-check mm-hmm. journalism. And you also have outlets, whether in print or online or on television, national or otherwise, who if you don't fit the narrative, they don't want to hear from you. It, you know, we're, we're making ourselves live in silos and bubbles And then wondering why we're so divided. It starts there. It starts where you're constricting free thought and not actually just presenting facts and letting people use their critical thinking skills to come up with their own conclusion. But you're pushing a narrative everywhere you go. And you're going to see that get worse, uh, I think, as the politics takes a sharp left and and a not just a sharp left, but also a downward turn towards the vilification of everybody. Because when you have individuals like Paul, look, we saw where Paul, and he wasn't my first choice, but he was, I came around and did, lifted heaven and earth on the southwest side to help him out. You know, we saw where media would give him grief for answering a, a question completely and thoroughly and then turn a blind eye when the same question was posed to his opposition and pivoted and avoided five times. I mean, what journalist allows a mayoral candidate to get off the hook three times about not willing to stand up and say rioting and looting in Chicago was wrong? You give him a pass. Nobody blinks an eye that that he didn't answer. He dodged that question. So does that mean when there are things that you ascribe to politically go wrong, you're not going to stand up and say that's bad? As As a CTU lobbyist, you have no disagreements with your union. You find no fault in what they do, even though you have 400-plus members who are right now in active sexual assault uh, investigations and CPS. Nothing's going wrong over there. Yeah, And no reporter stands up and says, hey, wait a minute. Uh, excuse me, sir, but can we? Can you answer this?
0: Uh, that's why drop your subscriptions to the Tribune and sometimes, and join me, <laughs> johncastnews.com. I'm always there for you. And you know what? Uh, at John I think it's John at johncastnews.com, dot com the the website, I mean the email, you might have an idea. You have an idea of, of a column you want to write. Well send them, send them in. Letters to the editor, right, John? I want to take. I want to take real. I want to give people voices. Yeah. I I wanted to give Ray Lopez a voice. He didn't want one, because he already has a beautiful voice. But um, I wanted I wanted all these candidates to speak and write, and we do have a group of people now who are, uh, you know, we want to grow the diversity, grow the diversity of voices, and uh, you're all welcome, because that's what we are.
2: Well, John, I'll give you a quarterly podcast since I didn't do your uh two two your I missed your invitation twice. So I got to make it up to you. <laughs> you owe
0: me at least 1600 words, my friend. <laughs> but uh but it is a pleasure to have you on Absolutely. anytime. And uh good luck to you. I know that it's going to be difficult for you. And they're going to be, you know, the before they devour themselves and this is what radicals often do they devour themselves they will devour the city of chicago they will drive businesses away they will come after you and try to stamp out your voice because they can't have a guy like uh, ray lopez speaking up against them and i know that you're going to stand up as best you can and we're all we're always going to be chronicling it ray always because I saw how you stood up for your people against viol- against thugs. I'm not saying Tony Preckwinkle is a thug, because you know she has those sensible shoes on uh, that no one
2: would wear. Don't be jealous, John. Don't be jealous.
0: I'm, I'm jealous of her style. Yeah, I, w- I want to. <laughs> you know, I do. I want to. I want to go Tweety, right, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, Ray. Ray, thank you.
2: I heard my mama cry. I
0: heard her pray the night shift cargo die. Brother, what a night it really was. Brother, what a thought it really was. Glory be I heard my mom for Ray Lopez, fifteenth Ward Alderman, on the death of the city of Chicago. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer, WGN Radio, future physics teacher, my friend, and all-around pie baker, maybe he could also start making Vietnamese soups because I'm really crazy about those. And for me, John Cass, husband, father, editor of johncassnews.com. Thanks for being here. Pray for the city of Chicago. Those that are going to remain, good luck to you. We're always going to be here, whether we're living there or not. We're, we love the city and hope that things turn out. See you again next time on the Chicago Way Podcast on WGN+. Plus.